0: Hello and welcome to this week's Football Digest Extra Time where we look back at the the biggest and the best games of the weekend really but I'm not sure I can say that this week we're looking at the best game of the weekend but it was certainly the biggest, it was certainly the the most talked about and I'm sure the the debate will rage well on into the week. Of course I'm talking about Sunday stalemate at Anfield between Liverpool and Manchester United, which yet again failed to live up to the hype that's always built around it. I'm Chris McKenna, Daily Star football writer, and I'm glad to be joined this week by uh, the Liverpool Echoes Liverpool correspondent, Mr Paul Ghost. Paul, welcome. Um, have you calmed down from yesterday's thrilling game? It can be hard to, to <laughs> unwind after a, a thrilling game like that.
1: Yeah, it takes some time when the... The games are exciting and there's stuff to get your teeth stuck into, but there wasn't a whole lot to to do there yesterday. A very cold Anfield, was there? Um, uh, an interesting game. I mean, I know a lot of kind of neutrals came away from it, but moment and that it wasn't a, a classic or a, you know, a, a game to remember from the two biggest clubs in England. Let's not forget that um, for all of Manchester City's growth and Chelsea and whoever else, these two are still the still giants, aren't they, of English football? And sometimes... More often than not, actually, the games don't quite live up to the, to the build-up, which is uh, probably hard to do, uh, given the, the amount of you know hyperbole that goes into it. But um, I didn't actually think it was that bad a game as, as, as some tried to make out. It was, wasn't great, but um, I thought both teams were, were trying to win it in their own way. Uh, Manchester United had the, the, the better of the chances, particularly in the second half when Alisson was called into action uh, to save Fernandez and, and then Pogba um Liverpool. A lot of huffing and puffing, a lot of kind of decent approach play up until the edge of the penalty area and then um, more often than not it seemed to fall away, which is symptomatic of how it's been for the last last three three weeks, three weeks or so, or last month. So um no classic by any stretch, but um something maybe for the build to build on going forward.
0: Yeah, I th- I think what played into the kind of flat feeling afterwards, after the game is the fact that the draw was just kind of nothing really for either side. It just felt didn't feel like a great result for either. But then it didn't feel like disastrous either because, okay, United didn't open up a six-point gap in Liverpool, but they they still stayed top last night. And Liverpool, okay, they didn't go back top. They didn't regain control. But again, they didn't let United open up a six-point gap on them. So it was kind of nothing. I mean, I think the big the big winners were obviously Manchester City now who can who can now go top of the league if they win their game in hand. So... I'm sure uh, after the game at Palace, if they didn't know beforehand, I'm sure they were delighted to to see that nil-nil scoreline. I mean, we will look I- into both teams' kind of performances, but we'll we'll, we'll kick off with Liverpool. Um, it, it's amazing, isn't it? I think it's is that 16 years, first time in 16 years. I think that they've gone three league games without scoring a goal. It's quite remarkable when we, when when, Ve- when Virgil Van Dijk get injured and Joe Gomez not long after I mean we all thought it'd be the other end would be the big problem, and we'd be seeing lots of five fours and four threes and stuff like that from Liverpool. But it's a strange, strange kind of spell they're in at the minute, isn't it?
1: It is. When when you think of, of Van Dyke and, and Gomez played in that game at Aston Villa when Liverpool conceded seven, and um, I think uh, certainly Van Dijk was playing when, when he played Leeds and and he conceded three. Um, Liverpool, on the face of it, the uh, the, the issues haven't been. At the back, after considering Henderson and Fabinho in particular, who I have to say has just been a, a revelation at centre-back. Um, he's kind of almost made that a, a bit of a non-issue, if you like, but it's, it's more the, the impact it has on the overall team's balance, I think. I think obviously playing Fabinho out of his natural position is um, is bad enough, but then when you move Henderson further back, just takes out that drive from the midfield, that energy the ability to kind of get Liverpool up the pitch with with um, you know the, the qualities that Henson has, so I think that has just had a, a, a massive knock-on effect, and and that is why Liverpool are one of the reasons why they're a little bit um, short of, of sharpness in front of goal. Um, Roberto Firmino for me was was well off the boil yesterday. He um, looked like he turned a massive corner in in December when he scored the winner against Tottenham, and then took a classy double against Palace. But since then he, he's kind of gone backwards, and at times he was. Looking a bit scared to shoot, and, and then when he did, he, he, he went you know fired with any kind of conviction. And ultimately, it, it was fairly easy for, for Manchester United. I thought Luke Shaw was was one of the game's outstanding players. And a Wamba doesn't give you what. Trent Alexander Arnold is, is kind of Liverpool counterpart, gives you going forward. But I thought defensively, he was very solid um, and um, kept Mané quiet for large spells and Harry Maguire and Lindelof were, were content to, to sit in the six yard box and get blocks in and get interceptions in and it was all fairly easy for, for Manchester United the Liverpool as I say created to a certain point but United they stood up to it and they'll be delighted um you know Liverpool need United to drop points and and they're running out of games for United to do it okay we've still got the second half of the season to come but um you know going off that first half you know the, the evidence is there that United can um Grand that wins and, and pull three points out of the bag when they're not at the best. And, and Liverpool needed to make full use of yesterday's game. So uh, United will definitely be the happier of the two. Yeah, it's
0: a funny one with Liverpool. It's like they're missing Yogo the Yota a lot, aren't they? Because even though he was kind of a surprise signing back in the summer and one of the things going into the summer, nobody would have said, well, Liverpool needed the Yogo Yota. but. Which he, to me, he seemed to bring something different to that Liverpool attack that maybe teams that have not figured them out because I think it's very hard to figure out that front three. If they are firing, I still think they're one of the best attacks in Europe. But Yotta was a bit of an anomaly. Nobody knew how he fitted into that Liverpool front three, so they were very hard to defend against when he was playing. And It's kind of since he's got injured, and maybe that's taken a bit of pressure off Amino that his place was... I wouldn't say maybe under threat, but it was certainly questions being asked. Maybe, maybe now Yotta could could come into that front three and take his place if Firmino doesn't step up, and he hasn't got that at the minute. Which maybe, maybe that's kind of taking the pressure off him, and he's a bit more relaxed. But he, he certainly, I think, there's going to be questions asked now going forward over the next few weeks to see if, if he adds some more goals. But there's a good point, like what you make with the midfield, because yeah. Like Fabinho and Henderson yesterday for most of the game until the kind of those late chances for United looked like they looked like a a long-term centre half partnership, didn't they? But you miss like what they kind of take out of the midfield, though, don't you? Because Thiago was brilliant at times yesterday in the first half. I thought some of the passing was outrageous, amazing. But you kind of feel I think he needs a Henderson or or a Fabinho beside him just to kind of let the reins a bit more loose on him so we can kind of get involved more in the attack and play. Do you think Liverpool are missing that with with him in the midfield? that Shakiri as good as he was in in the first half maybe doesn't give Thiago that kind of protection defensively.
1: Yeah, 100% agree. I think it was a little bit of a of a left field formation from from Jurgen Klopp particularly playing in, Shaqiri in that in that role and, and kind of almost like a, the most advanced midfielder with with not much um not much importance given to tracking back and, and getting you your tackles and, and your interceptions and closing off spaces. He was very much instructed to go on and, and play his natural game and and I think I think that was a huge, the fact that he started was a massive kind of signpost from Jurgen Klopp that he knows that Liverpool are struggling for creativity because that was actually Shaqiri's first start since December, 2019 and and his first Premier League start of the season. So that to me was just a massive. I know that we're not creating as much, and I need to do something, anything to try and rectify that. And um, in, a, in a normal kind of, you know, if everyone's fitting fire, and then Diogo Jota would be the one to kind of come in into that. And I completely agree with your point, on And for me, and I think kind of as um, comfort from knowing that Jota's going to be out for the next few weeks is kind of bred a bit of complacency because the Di- 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 is not cutting the muscle at the moment, and Takumi Minamino, although we scored the Palace, has kind of. Um, not really shown too much. It has to be said that over, over the year that he's been at the club. Um, but on the point of, of the defence, you'd be hard-pushed to kind of criticise Henderson and Fabinho in particular for their performances, but they're not defenders, are they? They're not centre-backs. I do think they haven't one of... I mean, let's face it, The the two-thirds of Liverpool's best midfield. I think most people would argue that you know maybe Wijnaldum um, and those two or Thiago and those two are Liverpool's best midfield three so uh, having those two out of position doesn't help doesn't help anyone it certainly didn't help at Southampton and I double thought Thiago was, was excellent yesterday with some of his passing as you say um, I think if, if he did have a little bit more solidity next to him in a Fabinho and or Henderson I think it really would free him up to go and just pick his passes a little bit more and, and um, you know not be scared to try things that don't come off Um there was a couple of passes he played yesterday where he can either play it backwards, he can either play it to the side, or play it maybe a little bit further forward, going wide. And he doesn't choose any option. He wraps it through the middle and, and breaks the lines and breaks up play and puts United on the back foot. And it's just going to be so um, so interesting and exciting to see kind of how he he develops over the next few weeks and months and years at Liverpool because for me he's it, probably the most high profile signing in the world. Of, of made in the Premier League, early. you know, a two time Champions League winner who's only ever played for Bayern Munich and Barcelona, coming at the age that he has, you know, still in his 20s, the absolute peak of his career. The last game he played in was the Champions League final, and it's just going to be so um, so good to, to, to watch him develop over, over the next few years.
0: Definitely, definitely. Obviously, on this centre back issue, I've seen in the piece you wrote, that you kind of make the point that maybe now that FSG maybe have to look at the finances and obviously we know it's difficult. Jurgen Klopp spoke about it the other week in his press conference about the COVID and the restriction that puts all the football clubs on But it's to go out maybe and look at, see if they can bring in a centre-back to at least release Henderson or Fabino back into that midfield. I mean, how difficult do you think that might be though to do that, to bring in that centre-back? Well,
1: we were in the in the press conference we, with on, me on that Friday when, when Jurgen Klopp said that and I think that that was the first time we kind of pulled the curtain back quite a lot and and said, "Look, we we don't have the money. If this was a normal season and normal circumstances. Then we'd definitely be looking to do something, but we can't because of the finances." And um, I I get that issue with Liverpool. Pretty much losing out on three million pounds every home game from the fact that there are no fans there. And um, it's been it's been nearly a year now since since we played in front of of any real you know round of support. Obviously, it's nice to have the 2,000 fans back it, across December, but they're not going to be um, paying into the club huge amounts of money that, that can help in the transfer market. So I think Liverpool really must be um, in a struggling situation for Klopp to have, have opened up as, as much as he did a week or so ago. Um, but on the flip side, I kind of wonder um, how, how, you know, Surely there has to be a solution that Liverpool can can come to in the next couple of weeks. Are they really that hard up that they can't afford to bring in an experienced, dependable centre back? It doesn't have to be a you know forty fifty million superstar sign. And I think Liverpool fans are just looking for someone who's just going to come in to 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 play. You know, I always think I always make the, the example of Ragnar Klavan. He he was you know you know for, to be able to sign someone like him now would be. Ideal for Liverpool. Um, Surely there has to be someone out there. Although, admittedly, funds are stretched and finances are tight, but so much rests on Liverpool's ability to bring in a centre back. And and in a lot of ways, the ship is starting to sail. You know, Liverpool haven't won in the last four games, and um, okay, you can't really point directly at either centre back to say that wouldn't have happened if player A was in there instead of Jordan Henderson. But just has such such a a knock-on effect, as we say, and um, I think. the club owners FSG whilst uh, very prudent and sensible in, in the kind of management of the club over the last 10-11 years I think this is a time when you've got to kind of free up the pair strings and, and bring someone in because as I say it could be the difference between Liverpool retaining this title or letting it slip by them and, and it would be such a shame to see it kind of fall by the wayside because it, 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 it was there for the taking and, and you know in a couple of weeks time it, it could still be yeah
0: definitely as I say I don't think you're going to see it an upper Meccano or a cooler boy come in. But as you say, there's got to be maybe somebody there who can, who can steady the ship a bit and, and give uh, probably Henderson that midfield role back with, and and then maybe use the, the Phillips or, or Williams in, in those maybe less high profile games when, when Klopp thinks they're up for it, but it's going to be interesting for them. Looking at Manchester United, uh, we touched on it earlier. Um, it was, a, it was a funny kind of performance, I thought, from them. It, it felt like a big audition that this was the chance to really prove the, the proper title contenders. And they kind of didn't prove it or didn't disprove it. They kind of just stayed where they were. And it was a bit funny. I thought it was Muhammad Ali's birthday um, on Sunday, and it, it was a bit of a rope-a-dope tactic for <laughs> them. Seemed, seemed to sit back for for the first half and see what Liverpool had and let let them try and punch themselves out, but then they didn't really have the pop themselves late on, apart from those two chances. I mean, what did you make of United's you know, performance yourself, Paul?
1: Yeah, well, anyone who knows you, Chris, knows you you love your <laughs> boxing so it's great to get that. <laughs> and, uh, I to know, into yeah. Uh, well, I, I wrote on 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 Friday before the game that this wouldn't um, wouldn't offer any great kind of insight into how. Uh, equip Liverpool off of this title race but it would be a massive point as to, to how United can handle it and um, in, a, in a strange way it, 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 it's kind of come back with a, a disproven theory but we're still not none the wiser are we? I think United have um, you know, they were well beaten against, um, against Tottenham earlier in the season they were beating at home with Crystal Palace Arsenal beat them at home but on the road they're absolutely fantastic and they're unbeaten now in 16 games which stretches back over a year the say they play the next away game it will be over a year since that two 0 defeat at Anfield and um, I almost feel in a way that the lack of fans is, is having a good you know a good effect on, on United because I think Solskjaer um, doesn't feel that he has to you know he's not emboldened to go and try and win every single game he knows that when they have to be cute and clever and, and sit in and, and defend and you know defend doggedly that he does have to players to do that with the likes of McTominay and Fred as, as the screeners and then you you back four but all very good defenders aren't they? Um, you know Lindelof, Maguire, most expensive defender in the world of course, Luke Shaw and and Adam Wambasaka. So I think that as a six is very solid and it's very durable and hard to break down and it's ideal to go to places like like the Etihad and, and to Anfield and and um, come away without a defeat. So. Um, I, I think United might fall away when you have to be a little bit more expansive in, in certain games this season and they and could get caught. We've seen it you know, against Crystal Palace back in was it September yeah. when, when they do try to do that. They, they are susceptible to, to pacey players on the break. So I think um, if United are to kind of show over the next few weeks and months that they are serious challenges, I think they um, need to um, almost just to just win those games. I mean, I've seen them against Aston Villa, and, and Villa played really well and created so many opportunities. But it was United who came away with the three points, and, and that is, as the cliche goes, the hallmark of champions, isn't it? So um, I don't think we can make any great statements one way or the other after yesterday f- for United's chances. But um, Solskjaer said that, um, you know, and Luke Shaw said that actually that they come away from the game a bit disappointed that they haven't won it, which I think. Um, could be playing to the gallery a little bit. I think. I think inside the dressing room, they would have been delighted that they've come to Anfield. You know, Liverpool have been beaten in sixty-seven games in Anfield nearly four years, and and they've got a point, and they've still got that three-point buffer in between them. So, I think um, United would have been delighted with yesterday's results.
0: Yeah, uh, I think. Yeah, the disappointing thing. Was it seemed a bit forced from Solskjaer afterwards, but yeah, I'm just not sure how. It's kind of maybe a sign of where United are, even in a weird way. That although they're top of the league, that they're still not obviously they're still away from the United of old. That the United of old would have come away from that Anfield game, I mean, and gone, we should have won that. That's a chance blown there, even though it's never easy to go to Anfield, even when Liverpool went at the best in the 90s and stuff. It was never an easy game for, for United, but just feels like it, it, it feels. Felt like an opportunity missed. That was a Liverpool side maybe there for the taking a bit and they they didn't really push forward. And I I think, what did you make of Bruno Fernandes' performance? I I thought that was a game where you would expect him to to really light it up. But especially with Liverpool lacking in midfield a bit with with, with Henderson Fabinho in the back, I thought there might be a lot of space there for him um, in between the defence and the attack. But he didn't seem to really get going until he had that chance late in the game.
1: Yeah, I was just about to say that he didn't really get going, did he? I mean, one or two passes. His passing range is fantastic, isn't it? And and he can play those those uh, passes either side all day. And and in the first half, he, he tried to get on the ball a little bit, but it was difficult for United to really break and get out. And um, he, he didn't really do too much. He come close with the free kick in the first half, and and was unlucky, great save from Allison with his heel. But other than that, I, I thought he was very much on on the periphery and. Um, sometimes you, ha- you have to accept that with players like that. You know that he can change games in an instant with a moment of quality and um, on another day he-, he could have been a difference maker, he could have been the match winner couldn't he? So um, it, it wasn't, a- wasn't his best performance, not not the gracious display they've seen him put in since he's been at United this past 12 months but um, United have got a-, a-, a top quality player in there and I almost liken him to the impact that Louis Suarez had at the build 10 years ago. You know, come in yeah. mid-season to a team who we're kind of just middling around, you know. Could could have been doing a lot better than they were, and he just seems to galvanise them with with his quality and, and his ability to to um, you know be, be be the difference maker. And and I think um, he will we will continue to do that. You know, he obviously scores quite a lot of penalties, but he, his overall play, you know, he if he gets a sighted on goal from 20, 30 yards, he will always more often than not it will be on target and it's just that makes such a difference to teams you know it sees teams drop off and a little bit worried once once he's on the half turn knowing that he can shoot and um, he's a top quality player I don't think there's there's any question of that
0: Another one who was nearly the match winner was Pogba his kind of selection on, on the right side seemed a bit strange it seemed like maybe that Solskjaer knew he had to play him after his performance against Burnley but he didn't seem to fit into his tactics but again as the game progressed he, he kind of really came into it and he nearly won the game in the end for United.
1: Yeah, in the first half he, he was obviously upstation on the right as you say and I wasn't sure whether he was meant to be on the right of a midfield three or whether he was meant to be on the right wing a little bit further forward and Andy Robertson was shifting in acres and acres all the time and mm. if Firmino uses Robertson rather than shoot wide in the first half that's a massive opportunity for Liverpool and I, I just felt that Robertson was should find an acres of space because Pogba was so reluctant to, to to follow that run or he was coming in field and Robertson was going up the flank. And it was a, a strange one, wasn't it? I do think that, I do agree with you there about, I think Pogba was, he played so well against Burnley on Tuesday that Solskjaer probably looked at it and thought, there's no way that I can leave him out, but where they would fit him in. So let's just stick him on the right and see how it goes. And it didn't really work. Um but still, you know, because of the quality that he's got, he could quite easily have been the match winner again. Allison with another big save. So, um, you know, from a Manchester United perspective, I wouldn't particularly want to be looking at him, Paul Park, but that is playing in that position. You know, every week do not think it's, um it, it's suits him too much. You think they'll
0: be there come there in, in May? Do you think they'll be in the title race, or do you think they'll fall away?
1: I, th- I think if you finish above Manchester City, I think you win the league. And, and up until fairly recently, I, I was saying that, you know, this is still Liverpool's title to lose. And three points from, from the last 12 games suggest that, that that could be the case. You know, um, I, I, I still think Liverpool and United, sorry, Liverpool and City are, are the um, are the top dogs in this league and, and United are just a, a little bit further back. And then, you know, it's, uh, it's maybe Tottenham, uh, Chelsea and Arsenal kind of struggling to put together any prolonged run so um, for me it's it's still Liverpool and, and City and um, United um, a little bit little bit to go before they, uh, they're probably going to be up there in May
0: Just finally it was a good point made to Jurgen Klopp in the press conference afterwards that how tight it is and I think it's five points separating sixth and top spot I mean after the last couple of years where Liverpool and City were miles ahead of everybody it's quite amazing and he kind of said well it might be a battle to to finish in the top four, I mean, what did you make of
1: that? It was interesting, wasn't it? But yeah. when you look at it, Liverpool started started last week, m- m- last Monday. If we'd have done this podcast last Monday, Liverpool would, be, would have been Premier League leaders, and now the fourth. So it just shows you that it can all change so quickly, can't it? And I, t- I don't think you can make too too many um, grandiose statements over what's going to happen at the end of the season because of, of the nature of of this particular season. I think this week's huge, you know, City and. United play on, on Wednesday is it and then Liverpool yeah. against Burnley on Thursday so you know if we were to do this next week we could be looking at a completely different and Leicester uh, I, I think Leicester are a great side with a top manager in Brendan Rodgers and Tottenham yesterday I thought okay they, they were playing you know struggling Sheffield United but um, that, that's a big three points for them after the, the month or so that they've had so it's too difficult to call isn't it Um really isn't and they're not and um I suppose as a neutral for the first time in a good couple of years you're looking at it with with more than just one or two potential winners
0: another big week in the Premier League and then we get to see it all over again in the FA Cup Manchester United against <laughs> Liverpool which I'm sure the guys on Thursday will discuss in our, our main show which um, make sure you tune into that but uh, that's all we've got time for today thanks very much Paul for joining us and uh, yeah let's see what happens this week